Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner, and Sean Shute will be joining us shortly. Some nice alliteration there. The matchup we'll be getting into today is 1998's Small Soldiers versus 1993's Cool Runnings. This is Wildcard Week 2. Keenan, how are you doing today? Yeah, can't complain, mate. Not too bad. Yourself? Not too bad. Long week, but uh, I've been a long we week. move. We do. Um, slightly different episode today. I mean, we've already scored the episode, but we'll reveal that at the end of the episode. Everyone's a bit all over the shop as we kind of try and get things in place for next season. But I can say now, today, last matchup of the wild card. By the end of the episode, the vote is actually going on currently. So by the end of the episode, we'll know whether Jurassic Park has been eliminated by either Small Soldiers, Cool Runnings, or Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. We have to confirm the matchups. And then when we go into next week, it will be the final eight. We will have scored, as we always do off camera, we're basically just swapping around the second and third rounds. So... Next week's episode will be us doing the nitpicks, the sequels and things for the remaining eight films. Week after will be semi-finals and the final. Week after will be Movie Madness 100. Big deal, that. And then we're into season four, if you can believe that. Have you missed the rain there? Or do I have I been doing this pod for eight, 18 months without actually knowing how it works? So we usually do separate episodes for all of round two. So this we're time, just combi- are we, we, are, we are just combining two and three. So, but no, so basically, we're it's more of an off-camera discussion. No, I'm uh, fine. It, but yeah. I, no, basically, you said eight, you said eight films, there, and I was in my yeah. head thinking sixteen. No, so basically, after today's episode, the second yeah. round matchups will be set. I'll get yours and Sean's scorecards in I'm over the weekend, and you. then so we'll know who's in. I'll let you know over the weekend. These are the matchups. Yep. Again, we'll get the scorecards back and then we'll do breaking down and revealing the semi finalists uh, next week. Just another so, indicator for those who listen as to how much work I do yeah. for the podcast. Basically, we're just swapping round rounds two mm-hmm. and three, doing round two on uh, off uh, air rather than on and round three on rather than off. But anyway, small soldiers. The process for this, Jack, we think, should be back with this by Movie Madness season four. Essentially, in his absence, we picked a wild card. To put a process short, we did a vote of a number of films that we all thought would work. Small Soldiers won the vote, and uh, so that's kind of a group pick. And then Cool Runnings, Sean's wild card. So uh, there we go. Small Soldiers, then. A lot of uh, admin out of the way there. The synopsis. When missile technology is used to enhance toy action figures, the toys soon begin to take their battle programming too seriously. So, 1998, Keenan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know when I would have seen this. I imagine it would have been around, probably, I don't know, it's hard to comprehend kind of what you can remember when you're that age. I seem to remember watching it with all of my brothers, so I was probably watched this when it was about two years old maybe so probably around 2000 i reckon i was gonna say i, I was gonna say about the same so we had this i assume same for you yes yeah me and my sister probably watched this film about 30 times yeah on, like i i i have watched this in like almost every room of my house <laughs> yeah this was one and i was only saying to someone at work today that as much as kind of the ease now of being able to kind of, I want to watch that film. It's pretty difficult to find a film that you can't watch instantly, whether you have to pay for it or not. Mm. There was something special about having your shelf of VHS and having to kind of scroll through and pick out which one you wanted to see. Yeah. 
Also, this this sort of thing, going back to VHS, it just reminds me of Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Just reminds um, me of Blockbuster. So Small Soldiers was pretty much the one where if we couldn't agree on a film to watch, then we'd bang on Small Soldiers. Uh, yeah, we had a couple. We had like a couple of defaults. Um, Bruce Almighty, I remember seeing, I think I said this, where, I think I said this was the first ever episode of the pod. Yeah. How many times I've seen Bruce Almighty. Um, what's the other one? Have you ever seen Evolution, like 2001? Yeah. One of my brothers genuinely like loved the films about aliens. Um, um, so that was I don't one, know. that was that was one that was on in our race a lot. It's not ringing a bell, but I feel like I probably recognise it. Um, so if I run through the the critics reviews, then um, what do you think these critics reviews are going to be like? What for small soldiers? Yeah, I reckon they'll be ace. Quite a big cast. Film about toys coming to life. Uh, a lot of Toy Story comparisons, maybe? I'll take you through it. So, smart, satirical action comedy about talking action toys. It looks like the movie was edited down from a much meaner version to our loss. Got something about that later. Uh, the animation is excellent, and the voice cast alone is worth the price of admission. This smells like a script slapped together around a toy product launch. For all its shortcomings, the end result is quite entertaining. Finally, a charmless and often mean-spirited kids movie that no kid under eight should be taken to see. Still quite a, still quite young. If you've got that many objections to it, yeah. Um, but there we go. So yeah, it was kind of it was kind of a mixed bag, um, as you can imagine. The, the people that hated it seemed to be annoyed that there wasn't some like deep, complex plot with. Like steep character arcs, and uh, what are you expecting going into this? <laughs> there we go. Gorgonite's got a great character arc. Yeah, they have actually. Legends. Um, all right, not too much trivia, but I will take you through it. Joe Dante originally wanted the cast of Predator to voice the Commando Elite. Arnold Schwarzenegger would have voiced Chip Hazard. God, that would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when asked about making the movie, director Joe Dante recalled, originally I was told to make an edgy picture for teenagers. But when the sponsor times uh, came and the new mandate was to soften it up as a kiddie movie. Too late as it turned out, as there are elements of both approaches in there. Just before release, it was purged of a lot of action explosions. I, I, I think this, I, I genuinely think if you made this now, and release an adult version of it, I think it would be fucking brilliant. Yeah, it would. I just, I can't see how it wouldn't be good. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange one um, to kind of go that far down the way of this is the film we're going to make. Um, and then have to completely chop it up and yeah, change it. And go against it. It's all money though, isn't it? It's all money. Like your sponsorship, yeah. that's what your sponsors want and they're the ones paying and so be it. Yeah. Um, the original promotional artwork featured Chip Hazard pointing a gun sideways at the viewer. The artwork was altered, removing the gun, so Chip appears to be reaching out instead. The original unaltered artwork appears in the movie as a store display, and it was later used for the home video cover, albeit in edited form. Just, yeah, I mean, I understand you probably sh- you shouldn't promote guns to children, but... I don't know. I don't know how much that really changes. Um, Burger King agreed to market the film with its kids' meals before it was rated PG-13. The film was released soon after Oregon teen Kip Kinkle killed his parents, then went on a shooting rampage at Thurston High School in Springfield, killing two students and wounding 25. Uh, There's a character in this called Kip Killigan. Um, and so they took that out of production uh, as one of the characters because they didn't want to offend anyone. Probably a wise move. Yeah. I would imagine. The skull on Alan's desk is a gremlin skull. Gremlins and Gremlins 2 were also directed by Joe Dante. And uh, you get when... Uh, I mean, uh, they get... Uh, when they give him the password and his password gizmo, that's supposed to be a callback to it as well. Mm, okay. Uh, 
the vehicles that the Commando Elite construct and that they use to attack and chase Alan and Christie are heavily influenced by the vehicles in the Mad Max film franchise. The Gorgonites are also strongly influenced by the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe toy franchise. Never did a lot uh, for me. I've never really seen He-Man. No, so. I think I saw when they tried rebooting it on like Cartoon Network back in the day, but never really stuck. Are they... I feel like they're rebooting it as Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have recently. That's so been like quite good, that. but I've not, I've not seen it. Um, no, me neither. So the first choice to play uh, Alan Abernathy was uh, Joseph Mazzello, who uh, played Tim in Jurassic Park. Oh, that'd be nice. Lord Derby. Yeah, so uh, um, a couple of years older then as well, so it would have been interesting to see how we uh, came on with it. Developed. Yeah. Uh, One of the early aesthetic issues for Winston and his crew uh, the makers was determining whether the commandos and the gorgonites should look and move like plastic action figures or like real organic characters. Uh, the question was, do we design the same limitations we saw on real action figures into our characters or do we go beyond those limitations to give them more life? He says, we decided that to create really great performances, we had to give our characters a greater range of motion than a real toy. Our rationale was that these weren't just toys, these were the coolest toys ever, which had somehow come to life. I can't think when I was uh, younger, or even before I'd seen this trivia for this, that wasn't something that bothered me. I wasn't like, toys can't move like that. <laughs> Once you're at the point where they're running down the street, taking people hostage, like, I feel like that's the least uh, thing that bothers you, bother you. Yeah. I'd never even, never even entered my consciousness, like you say, until no. about five seconds ago. Never even thought about it, but I do think they make they made the right choice regardless. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that that's all the trivia there is. Uh, when we go back and look at this, obviously the standout two stars now would be uh, Tommy Lee Jones doing the voice of uh, Chip Hazard and Kirsten Dunst. Who I think was seventeen when she did this film. So. Obviously, she goes on to be a massive star. He's already a massive star. The casting, I guess, has, has aged well because even the people they I think weren't paying well go on make to it be look better things. in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is your eight is your draw, really, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. Strange role for him, kids' film. Yeah, I guess it's something that probably didn't take too long. Um, you can imagine the sell of this was probably quite big when it was being put to him. Yeah. Goes to do Men in Black the year after, 99? Must be around that, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Kirsten Dunst has already done Jumanji at this point. She's been in an episode of Star Trek. Um, six episodes of ER. Voice work for Anastasia. So she She's a full-fledged actress at this point. Um, but I guess this is maybe one of the oh, second after Jumanji where she's the star. Well, I guess in this one, you're not seeing Tommy Lee Jones, are you? So she I, really is kind of front and center probably, in this one. Yeah, I, for the adults watching, they know it's Tommy Lee Jones. Like as I was watching it the other day, even you could close your yeah, eyes yeah. and you're like, yeah, it's Tommy Lee Jones. But for, for the ki- for kids, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, you wouldn't. Quite to like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds. Who the fuck's Tommy Lee Jones? And you can see what they tried to do there because um, if they tried getting Tim from Jurassic Park, they're trying to get two recognizable faces from previous franchises, put them in this, and immediately you have people pointed at the TV saying they recognize them. Yeah, strategy as old as time, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, literally, our movie stars are made. Yeah. Um, I mean, fair play. She says, "Well, like, well, like, you don't see it, don't see anything of her anymore, do you?" No. Four years later, she does uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I guess Spider-Man, Spider-Man two and three. Uh, she's she's Wimbledon well. with uh, Paul Bettany. That's, that's the one I was going to say. That's the one that seemed to be like where her face was everywhere around this time. So yeah, was Spider-Man two in this? So I'm pretty sure she was on the cover of that as well. 
Yes. She's in that How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. Is that the one with Simon Pegg? Simon Pegg, yeah, she was in that. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what happened to her. Yeah, I wonder what happened to her. Because like you say, 05, 04, 05, seems like she was legitimately just everywhere. Yeah, and she's not really... I know that's a long, it's a long time ago now, but think of if you think of a lot of people who were big big then, they're still big now. There's probably far more who aren't. But yeah, usually if they're not, you go on their IMDb and what you see is suddenly you scroll down, and the numbers are huge when it comes to like directing or producing. But she's not done that either. Maybe no. it's just a case of making your money and then just enjoying yourself. Yeah, maybe she got it. Well, maybe she thought the time was right. Got enough in the bank. I don't need it. I hope that's the case. I hope there's nothing sinister or... Because I actually think she's... I think she's brilliant. So hopefully it's just a case of... I've Elizabeth Stone and Marie Antoinette were quite big as well, weren't they? Marie Antoinette was quite big. So you've got that. That's right before Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 3 is kind of the last blockbuster she's done. I was confused for a while and I used to put myself on being quite good with things like this um, until I've been caught out a couple of times on the podcast where... I thought she was married to Fred Durst was in uh, Limp no. Biscuit. Yeah. And then no. I now when I look back, I've clearly just seen Dunst and Durst. I'm sure she was or is married to someone famous. Um Yeah, she is. Uh yes, it is. It's Jesse Plemons. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Which is strange. Maybe she stays up like this is terrible, it's a very sexist assumption, so my apologies, but at the time that she seemed to stop, he seemed to start. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think they have kids, so maybe. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say. Oh, she's at home with her kids because, like I said, very sexist assumption. But the timeline of because he's pretty big now, Jesse Plemons. I think um, a lot of people know. They definitely know his face because his face is yeah. fucking everywhere. They might not know his name, <laughs> yeah. but they definitely know his face because he's in. He seems to be in about twelve films a year. Um. But at the time that she seemed to slow down, his career seems like it took off. Yeah, it certainly looks like that anyway. Mm. Um, all right. So if we do a quick uh, just look through the film uh, before we go on to the next one. So the scene that always stands out to me when it comes to this and when I think of the film is uh, Alan cycling home and uh, the commandos first make their play to try and uh, get Archer. Um where he jumps on the back of the bike. Mm-hmm. And that's just, just the first scene that always uh, comes into my head when I think about the film. So uh, I do really like that bit. Uh, the soldier getting done by the garbage disposal is the one that always yeah. comes into my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got some great names for them. Uh, Nick Nitro is the one that always uh, sticks in my head. Chip Hazard, I think, is the best one. Yeah, yeah, I know the. Uh, of oh, the, of the supporting cast. Chip yeah. Hazard. Chip Hazard genuinely sounds like it could be a porn star. <laughs> well, the reason I always think of um, Chip Hazard, and I said this before, is because when we were younger, we thought my next door neighbour looked like Chip Hazard, and we used to be terrified of him, um, mainly because he had this massive Alsatian. He used to threaten to uh, feed our footballs to it if uh, they kept going over his fence. But, what a dick. Yeah. Well, um, my neighbours always used to friends to stab, stab our footballs. Yeah. I mean, he gets on well with uh, my mum and uh, husband now, but he was terrifying back then, and we used to refer to him as Chip Hazard. Let him know yeah. that you've got that stiff jab these days, if he wants that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the names in this, Kirsten Dunst, I can't imagine she's pleased when she looks at the script and her name's down as Christy Fimple. Well, I don't know who's come up with that name. Christy Fimple, Alan Abernathy, Irwin Wayfair, Larry Benson, Gil Mars, Timmy Fimple. I don't know what they're playing up with these names. Yeah. Brick Bazooka, by the way, great name. <laughs> yeah. As is, butch, as is Butch Meat Hook again. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like the writers have just been like, fuck it, let's just try and fit. Let's just do it and just see if we can fit anything that's not, not a porn star's name, but might be. Do you think they started with the dad? Because his name is Phil Fimple. And that feels like they've started with that and then worked down, which is how she ends up Christy Fimple. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Fimple. Is, this, is that even a real name? I, I, I have I've no never idea. heard of it. Um, no. 
did you spot uh, Robert Picardo in this? Is that a uh, Rex Ryan entry? Famous Star Trek actor. Oh, thank you for clarifying. Because I didn't know who yeah. Robert Picardo was. Um, um, I, I didn't notice him, and then I, when I saw the trivia, it, it's quite a big deal. Dennis Larian as Kill as Gil Mars. I quite like that. Yeah. So um, Picardo is he's one of the technicians um, fitting the microchips, basically. Um, and he, he apparently uses some Star Trek quote in this that is kind of a call out to people to recognise him. But. Uh. We didn't recognise, <laughs> so it doesn't have the same effect on us. No, I tell you, who is in this film who like it, 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 if we were to steal from the rewatchables and do a that guy, um, he is it just in like he's just so recognisable. But I didn't know his name until like Tuesday when I watched this. Uh, it's, it's a guy called Kevin Dunn, who plays Stuart Abernathy. Yeah, yeah. He is in his credits on IMDb. Genuinely, must be like about a hundred. He is in so much. Yep. He's in like he's just in so much. He's not letting up either. He's 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 still he's still going strong. Good. Good. It's I always like it's, it's something like a school teacher or like a boss. Or... He's just there. He's li- he's ju- just there. Um he was in Godzilla. Yep, he was in Prison Break. Oh. He's also in Transformers. Then lost. See, you love all this. It gets about. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't know his name until when I actually finally Googled it, but (laughs) he's in so much. Yeah, strange. Because I I looked at him as well, I recognise you. Mm. But I must have looked up everyone else and then not him. Um, Because I also recognise David Cross, who goes on to be in uh, Arrested Development with Jason Bateman and uh, Michael Sarah, And he's he one of the more popular characters in that, yeah. Randomly in Al- Alvin and the Chipmunks as well. Little one for you. Yeah, he's done quite a bit, I think. Mm. There we go. The other, the other scenes, um, like the one that you, you referenced there with uh, the garbage disposal, them playing... Uh, a decoy in the cupboard and then, and then coming out and having him dangling down. The, the the best thing about it is, I think, they don't really make any jokes, the uh, soldiers. It's no. much like the point of the film. They do believe they are just completely legit soldiers. They're the um, commando elite. It's, it's just so good. Um, I guess we ignore the fact that the purpose of the film is <laughs> putting nuclear chips in action figures wouldn't just give them superhuman abilities but but also poison everyone that bought one <laughs> when there would be cut... some form of uranium in those chips and to make them ra- radioactive yeah. be a lot of people dying and they're catapulting their sleeping tablets in they've got it all covered Mate, the tactics are unreal chip has then create a machine to be able to bring the uh, Barbie doll equivalents to life as well. So they're scientists as well as being soldiers. And they're out looking for that tail. Yep. Do you know what I mean? There we go. They're, uh... I still think Arch Arch is is, is my favourite in this film by a country mile. Uh, I'm a commando elite man. I knew you would be. You've got that about you. Um, I think it's Nick Nitro. I, uh, (laughs) I... I just loved him, uh, even just watching it back. Although, even what I referenced earlier is being my most memorable scene. Uh, I love this scene with when Archer, you first kind of see him come to life and he's getting nudged by the cat. I had an, I, uh, the only action figure I have from this actually, we had, uh, we had Archer. There we go, maybe that's why you've got more of an allegiance. We have one of the Gorgonites, yeah. There we go. Um, if we just do the categories before we uh, move forwards, rewatchability. This was a little longer than I remembered. Yeah, I'll give you that. So what was th- it hour forty? I think. I th- hour fifty. I think. I don't know, mate. Maybe it was. Maybe it's just me, but I think like when I think like kid films that we do that I liked as a kid, they all seem longer now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe my attention span is less. There's more going on, or maybe I'm just less, I don't say less engrossed, but maybe that is it. 
I think it strangely could be the opposite if it makes any sense in that your attention spans greater in so you are kind of concentrating on the whole thing more, whereas you could kind oh, of tune yeah. you could kind of tune in and out when you were younger and you perhaps wouldn't when he's in the shop uh putting his moves on uh Kirsten Dunst, then mm. you're kind of just waiting for the next bit and so you're probably not paying attention. Maybe not paying attention as much. Maybe. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I doubt it, but and, I agree. And you've got less distractions, so kind of that's what you're doing. You are watching. You didn't have a mobile phone then to be looking at. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, that, that definitely helps. I suppose for, for now, for films that I watch for the pod, especially, I watch them with. Because obviously, nine, probably, I don't know, eight out of ten films that we do, I've, we've seen before. Yeah. So this is why they end up on the pod, because yeah. it's essentially, whilst it, we take take lists of oh these are great films a lot of it's just films that we love <coughs> excuse me um so especially now when i watch them for the pod i watch them with a much keener eye than yeah. i would do if i was just watching it normally because you list you're listening more you're looking for more for so we can answer our own questions i was going to say to you actually so we do usually between us we pick basically which films are going to be in uh, mm. the bracket um when we then do the wild cards and ultimately the film that we've already put in the bracket wins, is that vindication for our selection that it was the right pick? Yeah, well, it has to be, doesn't it? It means we, we, we've picked it, or maybe our wild card picks are just shit. <laughs> maybe our actual taste in films where we just get to go a bit rogue are just terrible. Well, maybe, yeah. So. I don't. I hope that's not the case, but maybe people, <laughs> when they when they see, fucking hell, what are they doing putting cool run-ins in it? No offence, shoot. Um <laughs> But I was just picking the one we're doing today. But maybe people like Christ are like, cool runnings, are you, you boys being serious? Yeah. Where is she? It's probably the big question. So he was going to be a tiny bit late and half an hour later. Um, mm. There we go. But yeah, the categories. So rewatchability, not huge, I guess, because it doesn't quite hit the same as it did when we were younger. Not that don't enjoy it, but... Yeah, you're probably right. It's, it's not... Not fantastic or not phenomenal, but I do. Again, it's one of them that's just got a soft spot. Like yeah. I've got a soft spot for. When they kick the garage up and Wild Thing comes on and they've got the flamethrowers and the little trucks coming out, marching <laughs> towards uh, Alan and uh, Christy. Unreal. That, that used to pump me up so much when <laughs> I was younger seeing that. Just get ready to go out to war after seeing Chip Hazard and the boys with no fear. <laughs> Mate, literally no fear. Forget the fact that like seventy percent of what they're trying to take down is like a hundred times their size. Hey, Commando Elite, they've got the strategies. At, at the end, uh, when they kind of get sent away, how far do you think they get? Not very. No. <laughs> like probably two blocks away before something happens and they're, they're fucked. Yeah. Well, just, um, I've got my notes that I took down while they're uh, watching the film just to take you through my uh, thoughts as I was watching. Um, that picture at the start where the, the toy guy basically is telling them, like, get on with it, reminded me of a bad Dragon's Den pitch, which, when they're very bad, I genuinely can't look at the screen. That's what I'm there like, for with Dragon's Den. I want it to be I'm bad. I want it to be bad, but I can't look when they're stuttering and it's like, oh, this is so bad. I know you do Pam to like Duncan's face and he's just raging. <laughs> Sean, nice of you to join us. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. We're, you missed, uh, all the, missed all the dramatics at the start. A few technical issues. We're running smoothly now. So we're just doing our thoughts on Small Soldiers, so you haven't missed cool runnings yet. I'm just going through my notes. So um, the way Alan hustles Joe to just give him the action figures, saying, come on, has none fallen off the back of a truck before? <laughs> Far too easy for a kid. That's what he meant to be, like 10? He's out on them streets. <laughs> and Joe doesn't put up any fight at all. No. Well, he does, but not much of one. Joe knows it's cold on these streets. He knows when he's beat. Uh, my next note, um, could see Sean rocking curtains like Alan in this film. <laughs> yeah, I could see that as well. If you take you back to uh, 98, 
Well, they definitely had them back, back then. Skinner West- back then for me. <laughs> Westlife. Not Westlife. Um, boys. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. My mum used to give us this funky haircut where I swear she would like shave the top of her head and just like leave a fringe. <laughs> They're almost like the Ronaldo or... Not quite that, but it would be like, say, when I say shaved, it'd be like, say, four or five all over, maybe. Okay. So it's long-ish, but you just got this fringe that's longer than anything else, because that was the thing, one day spiking up your fringe. Yeah, my old man weren't playing these games, mate. He had four no. boys. He had four boys to contend with. Sunday night, getting kitchen, one after another. My sister, was, honestly, she was lucky to escape it. The, absolute, <laughs> the, the operation he had going on was well, getting towel around the back. Grey two all over, bang, gone. Get up in, the, get up in the shower, next one. I remember there being uh, like beef between my mum and dad at the time. Uh, I don't know how long it would have been since they'd split up, but it was around that time, first time I can remember actively going between houses and like yes. something coming back from uh, my dad's one day. And my mum, if they cut your fringe, they better not have cut your fringe. <laughs> but these, were the, these were the little differences. Uh, Imperial style. Yeah. Um, when Christy Fimple first comes into the store where she wants to uh, get one of these toys, just just comes with smoke straight off the bat. I hear you're the kid that got kicked out of 10 different schools. What kind of attitude's that? Yeah, fuck you. I don't like you. I don't want you to know. And then they both kind of laugh about the fact that he phoned in a bomb scare at his old school, which... Surely should be quite a big deal. You'd think so. And they're just laughing it off like it's just a little. So he's pulled the fire. Just... So he's pulled pulled the fire um cut fire oh. alarm. Bit of a difference. A bit of chalk on the street. Um, now the first thing I thought of was both Sean and Alex when his dad says to Alan, "Are you trying to upset me?" Are you trying to upset me? Because I'm sure they both do it. Oh, what? Well, they, they try to upset you? Try to upset me, yeah. And I really... Shoot, definitely with does. Him. I really <laughs> empathised with him in that moment. <laughs> Shoot absolutely tries to upset you, and it works quite often. Why would you want to upset me? <laughs> I, I don't. But, I mean, if I had to guess, I'd presume it's because it's funny. I don't think... I don't think it could possibly be that. Um... <laughs> I don't know how old they're supposed to be in this film, but here coming with Alan, I've got to tell you, I only date older guys. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how old she's supposed to be. Um, she's 17 at the time of filming, but I don't know if they're having her play up or down. Well, they're definitely not 18, are they? So yeah. Probably eventually about 15, I imagine. Mm. I think I said 10 earlier, which was a stretch. Um, one of the best quotes that I took down instantly... Son, you can be a prisoner or a casualty. It's up to you. <laughs> Chip Hazard says that. You get on your knees and pray. You know it's on. <laughs> the commander elite. And the end, when there's supposed to be kind of this moral ending, buried amongst it, the uh, guy who's just paying everyone off, they say, oh, I guess we're going to have to destroy these or whatever. He says, no, no, I'm planning to send these toys to rebels in South America. <laughs> that's just said like it's just completely like the right thing to do there are some great quotes in this a lot of them do come just from Chip Hazard um, do all these rebels need to be armed with the commander elite alongside them well look at what they do they put in that work yeah but if they team up then they're going to be even more dangerous exactly if Hazard goes out there, he's going to have his own faction. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm a rebel, I want Chip Hazard beside me. <laughs> Look at the strategy he's putting in. Yeah. That's with, that's with no assistance. That's just him and the boys. Imagine if someone's willing to listen and learn. Well, and they're sending out multiple packs of toys, so what he has a bigger army. What happens if there's more than one Chip Hazard? They only have, to, only uh, have one leader. Is that a fight to the death? It'd be like when you put um, was it crabs in a cage where they like eat each other. Yeah. It'd be, It'd be like, like that. It'd be like uh, Raul Silver and James Bond with the rats. Rats. They could have done that and just got rid of uh, pit fighting in America. Michael Vick would have had a completely sound career if they just got rid of this and just have little chip hazards fighting each other. 
Yeah. Sign air or something to differentiate them and just let them go at it. Uh, Sean, before we continue, your thoughts on the film? Um, my thoughts were I didn't really get it for the first hour. What do you mean? What am I watching? Um, oh no, as in I understood the plot, but I didn't really, I didn't, uh, I felt like you two hyped it up a lot. So I didn't really understand. This is like when we asked him what he thought John Malkovich, uh, what the first role he thought of, and suddenly his connection went. Mm. You can hear me. Yeah, yeah, but when we asked that previously, your connection went as you were buying time. You clown. Um, but yeah, yeah, so essentially I wasn't really sure. But then the last hour, I really got into it. I got into it more when they get to the house and then obviously then the Wendy dolls involved and then they tie tie up Kirsten Dunst and then that whole chase that goes on from there. So yeah, I essentially first half I wasn't into it, the second half I got more into it. When World Thing kicks in and they come out of the garage. Yeah, yeah. And they're playing for us. Um, yeah. Who do you think suffered more in the hour by hour breakdown? You with small soldiers or Keenan with Everest? <laughs> uh probably Keenan with Everest, I imagine. <laughs> I think we all suffered for Everest as much as it's a good thing. Don't ever want to chat about it again. We'll confirm <laughs> never watch. You'd have to, uh, have to put I think you'd have to put four figures in front of me for me to watch that again. What, over, over like, things like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that? Uh, I'd probably watch Lord of the Rings again, yeah. <laughs> what? But let me explain my reasoning You like the it. film? Okay. Well, Everest. I thought it was fucking yeah. brilliant. But Sean, heartbreaking, mate. Yeah, I mean, it, it is heartbreaking. You're right. I, d- I don't need that. At least Lord of the Rings I know I'm going to despise. So I, 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 I'm used to being angry at shit and being miserable. So I can deal with that again. That actual sorrow and heartbreak... Rest in peace to the boys. I don't need that again. That's like the sad... Mate, as an adult, that's probably the saddest I've ever been watching a film. <laughs> Scream at him to tell, tell him, you dog, you can't go up there. Honestly, when I text Byron afterwards, like, this, I, I was like, this is just fucking horrible. I, I watched it in two parts as well. I stopped basically right at the moment. Like, literally, I, I, about yeah, five minutes after... you where you were, and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, in for, you're in for a rough ride when you get back. Because I, I was like, oh, nothing's really happened yet. This is shit. But I'll watch the rest of it tomorrow. Then put it I on. I think it was, either, it was either side of you playing football, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, you're completely correct, yeah. It was, yeah, I went out on a Monday night, played footy, come back. About five minutes into putting it back on, it has all gone to, it's all gone pot. And I was like, this is horrible. I said, we'll never watch again, facts. We'd um, rather watch Star Wars. Um... Who would you crown as MVP in this film? Archer. Legend. Captain, leader, legend. I don't know your thoughts, Sean, because Archer ducks smoke for a lot of this. Like, Who yeah. who do you think MVP for this? Uh, Chip Hazard or Alan? Fuck Alan. Keenan's jealous of them curtains. <laughs> Mate, my airline doesn't extend to curtains these days, I'll tell you. I think it's got to be... It's probably got to be Alan, really. Archer, MVP, hero. Alan does more for Archer than Archer does for Alan. Alan's trying to save. Alan's trying to save his men. He's trying to do it all. Alan Archer, sorry. Alan's just there. like he's like a Yoda character. He says a lot, but he doesn't really actually do much. Disrespect. Um, if we move on, uh, so if we go on to cool runnings, so. The synopsis. When a Jamaican sprinter is disqualified from the Olympic Games, he enlists the help of a dishonoured coach to start the first Jamaican bobsled team. Critics reviews, Keenan. What do you think? Film, so they will like it. You, you broke up a bit there, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, critics reviews would be good, mate. All right. Uh, a brightly optimistic and warmly funny comedy with solid performances and a no-nonsense visual approach that emphasises story over spectacle. The performances are fun, and director John Turtletorb gets those fateful final moments right, leaving us with a triumphant, entertaining story of Winter Olympic glory. Cheesy, 
certainly. But strong performances and a heartwarming storyline make this a winner. Two more. Though it certainly has faults, which only the extremely nostalgic could ignore, the film bests its contemporaries through its ability to unite childlike comedy and adult concerns without ever obscuring one with the other. And finally, Cool Runnings is able to defy everything formulaic about sports movies and manages to rise up as a crowd-pleasing comedy. Do you think it defies formula for sports movies? <clears throat> I think it is. No, it is. it is very... It probably fits close to the formula, right? They, they obviously transpose will change a little bit of it, but underdogs, etc., etc. Is et it not like Rocky won at the Winter Olympics? Mm, not a bad shot. Yeah, I, I, like, I'd say it's, you know, I, I, you, you would, it's what you expect almost for a lot, a large, large parts of it. I guess part of it for those that don't know is that it is based on a true story. Right? There was a Jamaican bobsled team at, at the uh, Winter Olympics. They did win the hearts of uh, people around the world as they ultimately did fall at the final hurdle. That fall that happens did actually happen, in fact. A lot of the footage from that final scene is taken from the actual ride, yeah, apart from, from the close-ups. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. You can see it. You know the the bit at the end where like his head is just like scraping on the side. That's what actually happened. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, because he was asked about it, and he said, like, how many times have you watched it back? And he said, well, I've become a motivational speaker, so I watch it probably most days as I show it as part of my uh, speech. He said it doesn't bother him. He said uh, oh. it's uh, just part of who he is now. Um, but I'll give you a bit more on that as we go through the trivia. So, at the time, this was the highest grossing live action film released under the Walt Disney Pictures banner back in 93. There we go. Um, in the sport of bobsledding, adding weight to the sled is actually perfectly legal. In fact, sometimes as a safety measure, both two- and four-man sleds have minimum and maximum weights. The weight of the sled is calculated as the total weight of the sled and its crew, and if the fully loaded sled lays west, le- weighs less than the minimum, it's perfectly legal to add weight to make up the difference. Do you know any of the casting what-ifs for this? Because Denzel Washington turned down the role of Doris Bannock. <laughs> no way. Eddie Murphy turned down the role of Sanka. Both of them balked at the pay that was offered. Yeah, it's quite quite a small budget, and it, it was quite quite small. Um, I'm quite glad they didn't. I think it's a different film with them. In. It'd be interesting to see it, but well, originally this the script was a lot more serious and a lot less comedy, and then they kind of flipped it and added a lot more comedy and took away some of the more serious parts. So you can see yeah. why maybe if that was the direction they were going first. Um, in the movie, it was closer to three months of prep to get ready, thanks to John Candy. But by the end of the first three days, in reality, Devon says they had the seventh fastest start time. He says, no, if you put that in a movie, people go, come on, that's corny, that doesn't make sense. But that's actually exactly what happened. Also, contrary to the story in the movie, the Jamaican team was met with open arms by the international bobsledding teams. Uh, one of the other teams even went as far as to lend the Jamaican team a backup sled so they could qualify. Uh, you like that. That's nice. I yeah. understand they need well, the experience. That film, though, doesn't it? I know they're obviously they're not like friendly with them, but they get the... Where do they get the backup sled from? They they buy, he buys it because he says he claims oh, yeah. a favour because he helped him get gold in the yeah, last Olympics prior. Yeah, um, hip-hop legend Tupac Shakur auditioned for a role in this movie and was turned down <laughs> uh, as for the names for this in other countries this film is known as Cold Buttocks in Norway nice <laughs> and it's known as Rasta Rocket in France mm, less good uh, it's never explained in the film how Sanka when doing the push start can keep pace with three Olympic trained level sprinters He's just that guy. He is a push derby champion, though. Uh, if you notice the product placement in this, after meeting the qualification requirements, the Jamaican bobsled team toasts with Coca-Cola. 
Yeah, seen that. Undisclosed, the figure they were paid. Um, and as we said, the crash scene at the end of the movie, except for the close-ups, is real footage. And contrary to the movie, the infamous crash wasn't due to a mechanical error, but more or less losing control of the sled at such a high speed. <clears throat> so essentially, the, 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 the true story part is... They were very good. They did go to the Winter Olympics and they crashed at the end. The rest is kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah. They didn't have a coach that cheated his way there on a bad reputation. They didn't have all the... But makes for a good film. It does. So this was my first time watching this. Was this your first time, Keanu, and you'd seen it previously? No, I've seen this quite a few times. Because when Sean tried giving you quotes in the week, you weren't having any of it. He tried to give me one quote at 20 to 12 <laughs> at night. What on earth does he expect me to be doing? I was led in bed. I wouldn't have, if he wouldn't have added me, I would have read it the following morning. Sean, thoughts? So like he's, Sean's, he's, 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 he's here physically, I but... I was responding then and realised I was on mute. Uh, I just said that, I said that you did get it within like a couple of minutes. Yeah, it wasn't very long, but at 20 to 12 at night, what do you want from me? I've been grafting all day. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like Sean's be up at that hour. Exactly. He normally pisses him out. He's got to be in bed by nine. <laughs> Not nine. Probably get him for ten. Listen to a podcast for a bit. Sleep by quarter to eleven. Fucking! I'll give my left nut to be asleep by quarter to eleven. <laughs> um, if we have a little look through the film, then. So I thought it was a sign of the times, actually, with um, the opening credits, the classic kind of following a guy running slash driving skateboarding through the town it's essentially like the start of the Goonies with less going on yeah well they take you through introduce you to uh, the different characters on their merry way and then just kind of set the scene for you I did did think after an hour in and so my thoughts largely do echo uh, Sean with small soldiers although I will say I'm completely against what splitting a film up like this um, so I watched it all in one go there's, there's, I didn't do anything different there I was thinking this is very long and I think I spoke briefly on Monday's podcast when I kind of set this up saying I worried for both me and Sean that where nostalgia saves the day for the parts that as me and Keenan spoke about the parts that may not hit the same now the nostalgia saves it and I wouldn't have that for this but yeah, I thought it was just a good kind of feel-good underdog sports film. I thought you could see the Disney in it. Um, I was glad they kept it quite simple. If Like one of the reviews said, I don't know if you agree with that. They didn't make anything too complex. They didn't. Uh, they didn't even take you like around the Olympic Village too much and make you do all these little things. They just, it's just. And easy to watch. Hour forty minutes. The, the focus is just on the team, isn't it? yeah. Which is what much. And really, some angry really what No, I know, but like for the most part, it's just on the team, which is what really is exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, how rewatchable of a film do you think it is, Keenan? I enjoyed it. I won't rush to watch it again. Uh, I have to admit, I won't rush to watch it again. So, I agree with you there. What I will say is, I do think, as we always, or me usually, reference our imaginary kind of rewatchability checklist, Mm. I do think it ticks a lot of boxes in that regard. Yeah, length Um, is okay. Um, That's a good voice clip. (laughs) (laughs) You've got far too much time on your hands. Honest to goodness, you need to start filling your evenings with something. I don't know what it is, but something, please. It won't be, it won't be that length. Uh, <laughs> well, no, it's only okay, isn't it? I've got, um, no, I'll have to edit out the technical difficulties, so that'll uh, do me for this evening. Um, yeah, just, what well, I cut you off, actually, while <laughs> you're seeking to uh, make a joke, so sorry, carry on. Yeah, shot, you cut me off. Um, 
yeah, it's it's easy to watch, which is always a nice one. It's light. It's just, like sometimes it's just really hard to rewatch a fucking heavy film, isn't it? Yeah, like it has to be phenomenal. Like Apocalypto, very heavy. Not <laughs> not not gonna be jumping to rewatch that, for example. <laughs> Everest, the same. Yeah. Something I think we all said <laughs> while kind of commenting on, on this. What are you was, roaring um... out in the background? Shoot. <laughs> oh, it just makes you laugh every time. I know you're not saying it in this instance, but. Just the amount of times you watch films that you, you you just don't like or you just never watch again. <laughs> I'm, a very, I'm a very simple man, Sean. It's a yes or no answer, really, mate. <laughs> either, it's, either it's good or it's dog. And that's just how it works. And there are a lot of these films that you have put me through that I will never watch again. <laughs> I say you. I say you. Sorry, Sean. Mainly Byron. Byron. Um, I feel like the next bracket, you've had a lot of a say. I feel like there's a lot in there that... You yeah. Look, I, how, I, look how good that next bracket is. It is I fire confirm, from top to bottom. I can confirm, Sean, there's not one film Keenan asked for, because I don't want this said later, that isn't in the bracket. Uh, on the waterfront's not in there. Yes, it is. Oh, is it? Yes. Jeez. I think one there, there is not one film that uh, you requested that isn't part of this bracket. I don't think you understand how excited I am for this next bracket. I'm trying to let Byron let me do the Goodfellas pod on my own. Because I feel like... <laughs> hey, don't, don't win the other films of this bracket. And what I can tell you from experience now, it's not much fun doing a pod on your own. Let me talk about that film. No, because like... I was saying sentences and then laughing at them as if I didn't know they were coming. There'll be just no to try jokes. And switch, just to try and switch up the flow. There will be no jokes. In, sure, in, and honestly, listen back. Pod. I was saying it, and then having a little, uh, little giggle. He was giving <laughs> his own Frank Lampard interview. No, but seriously. <laughs> also, um, oh, I'll save that for off the pod. Actually, um, it was a good fellas reference, but uh, won't dog anyone. Um, Sean, what do you think is the best moment slash scene in this film? Oh, tough one. Um, I think I don't even know how to pick one. Maybe like when when they when they qualify for the Olympics. I quite like that scene. Um, that was quite good. And then the only other one I had was like the training montage scene as well. Um, okay. I really like that. When it's like right, I think Rise Above It's playing. Um, yeah, so that scene. Uh, what about you, Keenan? Do you like the training montage. Um, I also do like as terrible as was terrible is the actual final run as well. <laughs> it, I didn't know at this point um, like how much of it was true. I was quite shocked to see. Well, I don't know how you survive that going at that speed and then dropping on your head. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, it's a brutal crash, isn't it? And how long, like the speed they're at, where I know they've got a helmet on, but still, like the speed they're at, where their heads like just crashing on the the. What do you even call it? A run? What What do you call what a bobsled goes down? It is a run. It is a run, isn't it? You call it a run, yeah. don't you? But yeah, when your head's just like smashing against the run or whatever it is. Yeah, would, I know. Would, would you, sense. Would you like to have a go in one of them? Nope. I'm far too heavy for that. Uh, Fuck you, know. You could be drunk and his weight. As long as you don't, I'd, as long as I'm yeah. not going to do the brakes or the steering or anything, might be have a good time. I'd sooner do that than do like the luge or toboggan when they're just on their own. The luge is fucking mental. You yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that either again. It's far too heavy for that. When I think of luge, I just think of those ice sculptures they have in like, Office Christmas Party. That's the only luge you'll catch me doing. <laughs> Even that one in Office Christmas Party. I've never seen it. Presume it's wow. like a dick. Presume it's like a dick or something. That's <laughs> the only reason you're asking. <laughs> Pretty I'm, much I'm, bang I'm, on. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> you're fucking so predictable. It's actually not funny. Jason Bateman cups the balls. <laughs> how pleased you are with this as well. Fucking hell. More, more. How obvious it was. <laughs> <laughs> 
I also just assumed you'd have said off his Christmas party. You've got to go Olivia Munn in there. Which one's that? Is that the one with Seth Rogen in it? No, that's uh, Night Before. This is Jason Bateman, Olivia Munn. No, uh, Jennifer Aniston's in it, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I know, what it, I know what it is now. No, I've never seen it. I've also never seen the one with Seth Rogen in it. You missed it out, let me tell you. I don't like Christmas. Why am I going out of my way to watch fucking Christmas films? <laughs> they might charm you. I, I doubt it. Um, other ones then. Uh, any quotes for you, Sean, that you want to uh, get out there with an accent? No accents, please. <laughs> <laughs> no accents. Um, there's those like kiss the lucky egg, feel the rhythm, feel the rhymes, get on up. It's Bob said time. That actor has uh, still kept those uh, eggs because they were made of rubber. Oh, nice. Yeah, right. them with him as a good luck charm. That's pretty cool. Sanka, uh, you, Sanka, you dead man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, uh, you can only count to ten if he's barefoot or wearing sandals. <laughs> No. That's a great insult, by the way. <laughs> I need to uh, cut you off here, Sean, because I specifically took down in my notes to ask you to uh, tell something that I even can't remember properly, and I know Keenan won't have heard. Can you please tell what I've had described as your famous ice skating story? Um, I can do, yeah. I thought you've built that up a bit, but... Well, how else can I? I'll take out the intro, then. But uh, so when when I skate, obviously when I skating, as Byron was already <laughs> referred to, and uh, and then essentially come around the corner, slipped and fell over, and then went straight into the back of this girl, who she ended up flying over backwards, and then just kind of sheepishly walked away, <laughs> and, which is bad. Looking bad, that that was bad in itself. But hit and run shoot. Yeah, I mean, she seemed like she was okay at the time, and then like half half an hour later, an ambulance is pulled up, and then she's in a wheelchair with an oxygen mask on, taking her into the ambulance. Fuck it. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Um, and that again, that made it look a lot more serious than it. I think it actually turned out to be. But also, yep. apparently, she had a bad back. Um, but then the worst part of it was that I figured out who it was, so I knew who it was. And from a holiday I'd been on the summer before, they'd reference who this girl was, because I think someone had gone out with them or something. So then I messaged on this guy, this is Bebo page, that's how long ago it was, messaged on the Bebo page to say, like, and I made a joke about, about hitting her, and I think it was saying that she was cat or saying she was ugly or something. Jesus um, Christ. And then, and then, she then saw that message as well, um, and then like the, the the equivalent of like quote tweeting, but in Bebo days, and saw it, it as like, thanks, not Sean. I still can't really walk properly because of the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, put her in hospital, but I'd also insulted her on Bebo as well. I'm really surprised you've not made a joke about putting her back out, but. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you didn't have that in the locker even, back in the day it wasn't even like bad looking or anything like that either it was just the point of the joke and again <laughs> showing off to make friends Is that, it was essentially that Yeah, <laughs> you've essentially two footed this bird and then have just dug her out yeah wow all I knew was that you'd, you'd said something on Facebook I'd forgotten the specifics of it yeah, um, yeah. And then when I saw them on the ice rink in this, I've just written down in my notes, uh, <laughs> asked Sean to tell the ice skating story. <laughs> Hospitalising some poor girl. like what? He, he said there about uh, me building it up. I don't know how I was supposed to do that. Speaking of uh, ice skating, Sean, do you have any <laughs> stories about doing that for you? Um, I don't know, just the word famous. Yeah, uh, I yeah, that. yeah. I did think that after I'd said it. It's probably more infamous rather than famous, but yeah. Who's the MVP of this film? Uh, Sanka. Do you know, if we were going by your old explanation, it probably would have been the person that sold them the bobsled. <laughs> what? So I'm glad. Well, your whole thing used to be 
they can't do the film without him. So um, <laughs> no, it'd be in that case you'd probably give it to John Candy. Or actually, maybe you give it to Junior because if he doesn't fall over, then yeah. they all go to normal Olympics. Although his form was pretty poor, I'm not sure Junior gets to the main Olympics. Yeah, well, as I said at the start of the pod, obviously you went on. We we have technically voted uh, off camera, so Cool Runnings is the one that progressed here. Uh, I think it was an eight six uh, scoreline. Um, Vision of Did Field. I submit two seconds? Did I submit a score for this? Keep this off camera. Jeez, Sean didn't submit one either. <laughs> I did a scorecard and then said to Sean, "I'm assuming you're voting Cool Runnings for most of yours." And then, as I add more for cool runnings, that essentially ticked it out of the box, and you weren't going to be on the pod at that point. Okay, 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 okay. But I, I don't know if you, if I'd done it, I might have done it Saturday when drunk. Wouldn't be the first time. No, but I can now check to see if it was all for nothing in the last two weeks of pods. Have meant Nish. Uh, just like Jurassic Park's winning. Yep, Jurassic Park has won with 52.6% of the vote. Then Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, so technically Dawn of the Planet of the Apes has won the wild card round um, for when we, uh, the spitballing pod, movie man, as historians look back. So there we go. So it's been South Park movie, Laura Biden Citizen, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes are the wild card winners as we've gone through. So Sean Still yet to have a wild card winner. Don't you? It's not about it's not about winning, it's about taking part in the wild card round. Just just being happy to be there. Well, this is actually the first time that your wild card has won a matchup, I think. Looking back, twenty one and over was a rash choice. Good film though. Good film. I just picked films I want to watch at that particular that particular moment. That's exactly what I did for this bracket. Just picked a film that I liked. I think me and Keenan did speak about that last week saying not having the same uh, attachment to any film for the wild card this time around. Mm. Um, but that should wrap us up there. Any, Sean, do you have anything left to say on Cool Running before I confirm the matchups for ne- for the second round? Um, I'll just say, is this is this John Candy's best film? What, what, well, I'll put the questions both of you. Where, what do you prefer John Candy in? What's your best John Candy film? Keenan says Home Alone's his best film. Incorrect. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even going to endorse, I'm not even going to entertain it. His best film that I've seen, because they are limited, um, is, oh, I can't even remember the name of the fucking name of it. Um, 65 films. Yeah, all right, well, I just can't remember the name of it. You, is, um, you said it was limited. Yeah. All right. I'm not sure. I was going to say, is it planes, trains, and automobiles? It's not. I've never seen that. Jesus, classic as well. Mm. He hates Christmas films. I do. Um, I probably, even though he's in it for about 35 seconds, I actually would probably say The Blues Brothers, but as a film that he's a star in. Wrinkle um, Buck? I, I, I think I'm going to have to give it to that because so many of these I've just never seen. I'm giving it to him alone. Was he not in, Tom, was he not in Tommy Boy, or am I making that up? You made that up. Yeah, no, it's Chris Farley. Oops. Um, yeah, I did make that up. You're right. Yeah, not I'd the probably worst, say not the up. worst uh, confusion we've had on this pod. <laughs> You've had far worse. Sorry, I haven't. Jeez. <laughs> just saying. Who's put a B in the bonnet bonnet? No one. Just been at me a lot this evening. I haven't. <laughs> uh, the, the listeners don't see the texts. <laughs> 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 Rules with an iron fist, are Luke. I can assure you all. Make sure Sean doesn't see them text either. I don't want him seeing what I've said about him. Wow. But anyway. Keenan does. Have... Anyway. I remember that. <laughs> I'll give um, you the round two matchups. As I said at the start of the pod, these will be scored off air. So when it comes to next week's, we'll give you the results of these at the start. Then we'll do the eight films we have left and we'll crown the semi-finalists by the end of the episode. So, start to finish, we have True Romance against Back to the Future as the first matchup. 
great soundtrack clash in that one. Uh, you then have Skyfall against Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Jack Arthur's worst nightmare, that clash, I think. You then have Lord of the Rings Return of the King against Django Unchained. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone versus Pirates of the Caribbean. Jurassic Park versus, versus Saving Private Ryan. Black Panther versus The Dark Knight Rises. Avengers Infinity War versus Thor Ragnarok and Apocalypto versus 1917. So there you go. There are your second round matchups as we're now at the end of them. So when do we do the reveal for moving on this 100? Well, we've mentioned it previously, but we'll go into more depth uh, during the final, I think. I'm really looking Um, forward to it. Yeah, so... um, What's the what's the clash of the uh, round for you there, Keenan? Uh, whatever it is. But what was the Dark Knight Rises against? Black Panther versus Dark Knight Rises. That could, that might be it. Um, for just sheer di- like opposites of how I feel about films, uh, Lord of the Rings <laughs> against yeah, um, Django. Django. Yeah, yeah, Lord of the Rings v Django. One I absolutely adore, and one I hate with a fervor that I didn't know I was capable of. True Romance versus Back to the Future, the toughest one for me. Yeah, you're not going to enjoy that. I've actually already done my uh, picks, so I'll make sure I have them done before you two send your scorecards. So. Can't be influenced. There's not a lot of tough matchups. I do feel like. I think the top half of the brackets is the stronger side. The bottom half's weaker, I think. Lord of the Rings versus Django, the matchup of the round for you, Sean? Probably. That probably is the biggest. That is the biggest matchup for me. What a film Django is. I might just rewatch it. Yeah, I'm going to rewatch it. You've got Marvel against Marvel as well, haven't you? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that one, I think you might be surprised when you start doing your scorecard for it, um, that it may be different to what you think. But there we go. Thank you for listening to another episode of Movie Madness. As I said, next week, final eight of Movie Madness Season 3. Tune in then. Goodbye.